Part One, Chapter Five of Quo Vadis: A Tale of the Time of Nero. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Quo Vadis by Henrik Sienkiewicz, translated by Binyan and Malevsky. Part One, Chapter Five. As Aulus had expected, he was denied admittance to Nero's presence. He was told that Caesar was engaged in singing with Terpnos, the lute-player, and that he generally received only such persons as were summoned by him, which meant that Aulus must not hereafter even try to obtain an interview with Caesar. But Seneca, even though suffering from fever, received the old commander with due respect. When he had heard his tale a mournful smile came to his lips as he said, one service noble plautius i can render thee i promise not to reveal to caesar my pity for thee nor my readiness to assist thee if caesar had the least suspicion of this he would never return lygia to thee even were it only to thwart my wish seneca advised him not to apply to tigellinus nor to vinitius nor to vitellius they were not above bribes they might be glad to do an injury to petronius whose influence they were trying to undermine but more probably they would tell caesar how much lygia was prized by plautius and his wife nero would become all the more unwilling to return her then the venerable sage assuming a sarcastic tone continued thou hast held thy tongue plautius held it so many years and caesar likes not those who are silent and how couldst thou withstand the fascinations of his good looks his virtue his singing and recitations his chariot driving and his poems why didst thou abstain from rejoicing at the death of britannicus and fail to write a panegyric in honour of the matricide and bring thy congratulations when octavia was suffocated aulus thou hast not the foresight possessed by us who live in the palace here taking a cup he carried at his belt he filled it at the fountain and moistening his lips added ah nero is grateful he loves thee because thou hast served rome and made his name glorious in the four corners of the earth me he loves because i taught him in his youth for that reason i know that this water is not poisoned and drink it peacefully wine would scarcely be harmless but if thou art thirsty thou mayest drink this water without fear the aqueduct brings it from over the alban hills so that were it to be poisoned all the fountains in rome would be so thou seest even in this world one may enjoy a peaceful old age in security i am sick but in mind rather than body true it was that seneca did not have the mental courage of such men as cornutus and thrasia his whole life had been spent in indulging and conniving at crime he felt this himself he admitted his adherence to the doctrine of zeno of citium acknowledged that he ought to have chosen another course and suffered more because of it than from fear of death plautius broke in on his self-recrimination noble aeneas said he i know how caesar hath repaid thee for the care thou gavest him in his youth but our child has been taken from us at the instigation of petronius tell me how to prevail on him how to sway him and do thou employ all the eloquence thine old friendship may suggest thee petronius and i answered seneca belong to different camps i know of no remedies with which to mollify him no one's influence prevails on him perhaps in spite of his corrupt nature he is better than the other rascals that surround nero at present but to attempt to demonstrate to him that he has done wrong is a profitless waste of time petronius long ago lost the capacity of distinguishing good and evil 
prove to him that what he does offends against good taste and he will be ashamed when i see him i will tell him that his conduct is worthy of a freedman if that does no good then nothing will thank thee even for that answered the commander after this he directed that he should be borne to vinitius whom he found practising fencing with his private master when aulus saw how the young man was calmly occupying himself with athletics after the attempt against lygia he was overwhelmed with rage scarcely had the curtain fallen on the departing fencing-master than his anger found vent in shrill reproaches and crimination but as soon as vinitius heard that lygia had been carried away he became so pale that even aulus could no longer suspect him of being an accomplice the young man's forehead was moist with sweat his blood after surging to his heart rushed like a hot wave back to his face his eyes flashed his lips moved in incoherent questioning jealousy and rage buffeted him like a hurricane it seemed to him that from the instant lygia entered caesar's house she was lost to him but when aulus mentioned petronius's name quick as lightning the suspicion flashed across the young man's mind that petronius had tricked him thinking either to curry new favors from nero by giving him lygia or to keep the girl for himself he could not admit the possibility of any one seeing her and not being fascinated by her quick-tempered like the other members of his family a paroxysm of rage deprived him of his reason and carried him away like an angry horse commander said he in a broken voice go home and wait for me know that were petronius mine own father i should avenge this insult against lygia go home and await me neither petronius nor caesar shall have her turning to the draped wax statues in the court he shook his fist and exclaimed by the faces of the departed rather would i kill her and myself then he repeated wait for me and running from the court flew like a madman to petronius pushing aside every one he met on the way aulus went home somewhat hopeful that if petronius had persuaded caesar to take lygia away to give her to vinitius vinitius would return her to her foster parents he was also consoled by the reflection that if he should not succeed in saving lygia the insult to her would be avenged by death he knew vinitius would fulfil his promises he was a witness to his rage and he knew the reputation of the family for passion he himself who loved lygia as a father would prefer to kill her than to give her to caesar but for the fear of injuring his son the last of the old line he would certainly have done so aulus was a soldier and knew of the stoics only by report but he was not unlike them in character he preferred death to disgrace when he reached home he pacified pomponia telling her of his hopes and both awaited news from vinitius at intervals when the approaching steps of the slaves were heard in the hall they imagined that vinitius had come bringing them their beloved girl and from the bottom of their hearts they were ready to bless both of them but time passed and no news came not till evening was a hammer-stroke heard on the gate a slave delivered a note to aulus the old commander who usually liked to make a show of self-control now took the letter with a trembling hand and began to read as rapidly as if its contents concerned his whole family his face was suddenly overcast as if shadowed by an approaching cloud read said he turning to pomponia pomponia took the letter and read marcus vinitius greets aulus plautius what has been done was done by caesar's will before which thou must bow thy head even as do petronius and i they fell into prolonged silence end of part one chapter five